This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Tuesday, May the 24th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And if you thought Partygate had all been dealt with, seems you'd be wrong after photos emerged of the Prime Minister raising a glass with colleagues. In the pictures, which are said to have been taken during lockdown in November 2020, Boris Johnson can be seen in a room where food and wine is on tables around him. Now, the PM has previously insisted he didn't know about any lockdown breaking parties in down Street at that time. It's understood the police had access to the photographs while carrying out their investigation. And we know Mr Johnson did receive a fine, but we're told it wasn't for this particular event. It was actually for his birthday party. So there's now pressure on the Met Police to explain that decision and further pressure on the Prime Minister to resign, including from North Thanet MP Sir Roger Gale. If it looks like a party and it smells like a party and it sounds like a party, it's probably a party. And whether the Prime Minister was passing on his way in or out of the building is almost neither here nor there, because that's not the question he was asked. The question he was asked was, was there a party at Downing Street on the 13th of December? Patently there was, for whatever reason, and it was the kind of gathering that many other people wishing to say goodbye, sometimes permanently, uh, to the departed were denied. I, I just cannot square that circle. And I'm afraid we cannot go on. I don't believe that we can go on uh, putting up with disingenuous comment after disingenuous comment from the prime minister. Now, it's not up to me. I've, I've exercised my judgment. I've decided what I believe should happen. I believe that there should be a vote of no confidence in the prime minister. There's no guarantee, by the way, that he would lose. Uh, the, the Westminster electorate is known to be disingenuous. Um, People will say to the Prime Minister, I'll support you and vote against him. And people will conversely say uh, to their electorate, uh, yes, of course, I'll vote for a new leader and then vote for the Prime Minister. And it's quite possible that he may win. And if he does, then so be it. I mean, that is the process. But I believe that we have to defend the probity, the trust in Parliament. It's not just a question of the Tory party. This is a question of trust in the democratic process of the parliamentary processes, of members of parliament. Because if the public can't trust us, then they won't come to us when they need help. And by God, a lot of them need help at the moment. Civil servant Sue Gray's report into parties at Downing Street is expected to be published within days. Do head to Kent Online for updates on that. And some very eagle-eyed Twitter users spotted a bit of a Kent link to the party at Downing Street. On the table in front of the Prime Minister is a bottle of Dockyard Gin produced at the Copper Rivet Distillery at Chatham Maritime. Kent Online News. The man who killed Sarah Everard has denied four counts of indecent exposure, including at a McDonald's drive through Wayne Cousins is alleged to have carried out the offences in Swanley just weeks before he murdered the 33-year-old last March. The 49-year-old former Met Police officer from Deal is currently serving a whole life sentence. A Kent takeaway driver who knocked a man to the ground, causing him to suffer a bleed on the brain, has avoided going to prison. Davinder Singh got into a scrap with someone who wasn't happy with 
somebody's parking as he dropped off food in Hythe in October 2020. He then punched the man in the back of the head. The 38-year-old from Seaway Gardens in St Mary's Bay has been given a suspended sentence, ordered to pay £600 and do 30 days of rehab. A woman killed in a crash near Sittingbourne has been named locally as a young mum who was in her 20s. Margaret McDonough is understood to have died after the car came off Yelstead Road on Friday afternoon. A child in the vehicle was also injured and taken to hospital for treatment. Margaret's friends and family have paid tribute, describing her as a beautiful angel. Now police insist action is being taken to tackle violence and late-night disorder in Ramsgate. Bosses have called for an urgent meeting amid claims the town is becoming more dangerous and perhaps even lawless. Well, there have been a number of attacks so far this year, including a stabbing in the high street. Officers say they are committed to tackling violent crime. Lucy joins me now. What exactly have they said, Lucy? Well, Detective Chief Inspector Matthew Smith is the District Commander for Thanet at Kent Police and he's told Kent Online that violent crime is a priority for the force and he's added that two dedicated officers are now patrolling Ramsgate. He also says that in the majority of cases this year they've been able to quickly identify suspects and have taken positive action. There are also a number of investigations ongoing. And what will the role of these two officers in the town be? Well, we're told they'll work alongside the community policing team and the task force, which has already been patrolling the town at night. The police also say they have a good working relationship with the district council, who've also been investing in community safety and looking into installing more CCTV. Lucy, thank you ever so much. Well, just a reminder for you of those crimes that have taken place so far this year and caused so much concern amongst local residents. Just last month, the man was rushed to hospital in a serious condition after being stabbed in the torso in the high street. A week before that, a man was found with serious head injuries in the gardens by Albion Place and in a separate attack, a man was injured by two thugs outside Aldi. A few days previous to that incident, a woman in her 60s was found with head injuries in Elizabeth Road. In March, officers launched a manhunt to find the culprit of an attack in King Street in which a man in his 30s was taken to hospital and back in January, Seven people were arrested near Military Road, with three needing hospital treatment. Well, we're also asking in the story on Kent Online today, if indeed you feel safe walking at night in the town where you live. At the time of producing today's podcast, 84% of you said no. Well, you can still vote by heading to the poll within that story at Kent Online. We'd also like to hear your comments today. You can leave them there or by heading to our socials. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A leading pub boss in Kent has admitted he's concerned about how the cost of living crisis will affect hospitality. The industry, as I'm sure you know, is only just getting back on its feet after being closed for longer than most other sectors during the pandemic. Now, increasing energy and food costs are impacting whether we can afford to go to the local pub or out for dinner. Well, I've been speaking to Phil Thorley, who's from Thorley Taverns in Thanet. I think at the moment we're finding that trade's pretty resilient, to be honest. I think that we're, we're not experiencing anything else in the hospitality trade that everybody's not experiencing at home and in, in everybody's walk of life. Um, transport costs are going up, fuel's going up, and, and day-to-day items are going up. Um, but I think that because we've had two years of, of, of interrupted enjoying themselves with, with COVID, 
that, that people are actually thinking, I want to get out and I want to enjoy myself. It's very difficult to, uh, to, to measure exactly where we are. In fact, we're using 2019's numbers at the moment because that was the last full year that we had. Uh, and against those, we're, we're faring pretty good, to be honest. We're, we're there or thereabouts. When, when the sun comes out, as you said at the, at the weekend, trade was good. Um, however, you know, we, we, are, we are feeling the bite of this rapid inflation, the same as everybody else. What sort of impact does it have on you as far as things like energy bills and, and stuff like that? Things that we're obviously experiencing at home, your premises are, are much bigger than, than most of our, our houses. So how does it impact on you? Well, we're in a contract at the moment, which is being held. So we're, we're very fortunate. So we're in a, we're in a, a fixed rate as was. Um, I've got chums and friends in the industry who have experienced some horrific increases in in both their their gas and electricity costs. Um, Domestic is capped. So bills will go up at home, but they're capped. Commercial isn't. So uh, commercial has has an extra part of that to contend with. Um, uh, At the moment, you know, those things are being held with us. And fingers crossed and touching wood, then, then that holds through. But I've also heard of, of people being in agreements and those agreements being broken by the uh, supplier companies. Um, but, you know, food costs are, are, are rocketing. You know, the, the, the one that sticks with me is that we were paying £17.50 for, for cooking oil pre-pandemic and we're up over 40 quid now. Uh, and that's a horrific increase and just in one simple item. Uh, and obviously we use that in, in all of our our, our our kitchens um so yeah it, it, it's a real challenge to be perfectly honest how do you manage to deal with that then with that extra cost do you have to pass it on to um your customers coming in or have you been able to you know kind of keep things as they were at the moment so two th- two things we primarily sell one is wet and the other one is food so we do drinks and food uh, let's do drinks first we were the breweries put their prices up to us in in february and it was circa a seven percent increase we managed to keep that to a five percent increase at, at the tills or at the taps as it were um uh, and absorb some of that ourselves um with the food it's it's becoming increasingly difficult because of of, of those uh increases that we're all feeling um we have just put some prices up a little bit not a lot but a little bit um we are hearing that the breweries may well be implementing for the first time in in my recollection a second increase during the year because of all the costs that are going up as and when that hits then we will have to pass that on to our consumers um as unpalatable as that will be i think that consumers do understand that you know they're, they're feeling it at home and so they're going to feel it out of home um, but I think that we've always got to be giving people value and making sure that, that we are charging what is the right price for the right item. You mentioned earlier, obviously, if we have a good summer, people do like to get out. They might decide on a staycation rather than a vacation, which is obviously great for you know your part of Kent in particular. We all love to head down to the to the beaches in Thanet, but come the autumn, when they're already saying there could be another hike in energy prices in particular, does that worry you at all later on in the year? Look, I'm a I'm a pretty positive kind of person. We have a pretty positive company, uh, and our outlook would be exactly the same as that. Um, you know, I agree. I think that we are looking to enjoy a good summer. Uh, I think that those people who didn't go away um, over COVID uh, because of the restrictions discovered parts of the UK and particularly our little part of Kent. 
um, and, and really enjoy it and are coming back. So I think that that part of it is going to uh, is going to kick through, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, as for the autumn and the winter. Um, I think it may well be challenging. You know, I think the two things on the horizon, firstly, is going to be this inflation kicking kicking in even harder. Um, uh, and secondly, is just the cloud of COVID, which I believe is somewhat behind us now, but is still around. And, and you know, we're, is there another variant to come down the line? Who knows? Elsewhere, Maidstone councillors are being criticised today for voting to give themselves an 8% pay rise during the cost of living crisis. The council leader put forward the plan, costing the taxpayer an extra £124,000. A Green councillor who opposed it has described the hike as obscene when so many people are struggling to pay their bills or buy food. A huge fire at a pub in Aylesford is thought to have started accidentally in the kitchen. The checkers in on the high street has been left bad damaged following the blaze which broke out in the early hours of Sunday. Thankfully, no one was injured, but bosses say the pub will have to stay closed for a while. A Rochester man jailed for life for killing a dad and dumping his body in a wheelie bin is now appealing his sentence and conviction. 19-year-old George Knights was locked up in January for stabbing Stephen Chapman at his home in Delfts Road in October 2020. Kent Online reports. Next today, we're going to hear from a Kent mum who fears the colour of her skin has had an impact on the maternity treatment she's received. Tino Alicor from Tunbridge Wells has spoken out after a shocking report found systemic racism in UK maternity care. Charity Birthrights says it reveals evidence of a lack of safety and experiences of non-white women being ignored and disbelieved. The report was commissioned after statistics showed black women are four times more likely to die in pregnancy and childbirth. The panel heard from over 300 people. Watinu has been speaking to our reporter, Leisha Gallagher, about treatment she received in Oxfordshire. went in and I waited and waited and they made me wait for hours, literally hours. And I just sat there bleeding, crying, thinking I was losing my baby. And eventually a nurse checked me and what she did was just check, you know, like a Doppler check, which is when they just check the baby's heartbeat, but she wouldn't check my bleeding and I said obviously I was so reassured that the baby was they could hear the heartbeat so I was relieved from that but I was still bleeding so I didn't know if okay you can hear the baby's heartbeat but am I losing the baby is like is the baby okay like what what is this anyway to cut a long story short everybody refused to to examine me the doctors refused the nurses refused I even asked a doctor to ask another doctor because the doctor told me that there was no clinical need to examine me. And I said, but I don't agree with you. Please, I'm begging you, ask another doctor. Is it like a senior doctor? And apparently that doctor as well said she doesn't need to be examined. And I was just, I was just flabbergasted. I just sat there like, you know, what do I do? Where do you go when everyone's telling you no other than go home? Because they told me just go home, which I did. And I cried, I went home, I couldn't sleep, I was still bleeding. And the next morning I phoned my midwife. They have, they give you this number that's like an emergency number. And I told her what happened and she was a bit confused. And she said, I don't understand, what do you mean I didn't examine you? And I said, they didn't, please help me. I need somebody to just check me, please. So she said, right, she put me on hold. And I don't know who she spoke to, but she then came back on the phone and told me, go back to that hospital somebody will examine you. 
And I went back and they did examine me and I was hospitalized for two weeks because the blood just would not stop. I had two blood transfusions because of the blood loss. I mean, it was it was horrific and 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 unavoidable, you know? I mean, I don't know what caused the bleeding, but I could have died from that blood loss. My baby could have died from that. And they were just happy to just turn me away and say, you know, go home. You haven't let your antibiotics work yet. Just go home. And I find it really distressing that I begged, I cried, I pleaded. I asked to see, almost like you're in a restaurant and you know when you get bad service and you go and call the manager. I asked for the senior doctor, even the senior doctor said, no. And what made it worse, and this is what made me complain, is that the doctor wrote in my notes that I had refused to be examined. And I just, I didn't know this at the time because who reads their hospital notes? Nobody does. You just take your notes because when you're a pregnant woman, they make you carry these notes around with you. But no one really reads them. I mean, I don't sit there reading my notes. The only reason why I knew he wrote that is because my GP was looking through it. And she said, well, Tinu, the doctor says you you refused to be examined. Why would you do that? And I said, I didn't. I begged. I begged and begged and begged. And she said, well, that's not what it says here. It says that you refused. You expect that they know what they're doing. But I think for me, it wasn't so much the kind of, it was it was the way they were treating me. It was like a, com- a combination of the negligence. I mean, it takes about a minute to examine a pregnant woman, right? So in that sort of 10, 15 minutes that this, this doctor was kind of arguing with me, telling me that I didn't need to be examined, he could have just done it. I mean, it was, it, it's just unthinkable what was going through his mind. A distressed and anxious pregnant woman is bleeding. And when I say bleeding, I don't want to get graphic with you, but I'm not talking about spotting. I'm talking about, I went to the toilet and the, the, the toilet was full of blood. You know, that's not normal for me. You know, and if it's normal in the medical profession, then surely you would just want to reassure the woman and say, look, okay, let's just, let's just check you out. Okay, let's just make, let's just check. If it's as bad as you're saying it is, let's just check. And, and, you know, just reassure me. Okay, we've, we've checked. And I know it looks bad, but it's not as bad as you think. But everyone was just bobbing me off, telling me that, you know, just go home. We've had a response from Sam Foster, who's the Chief Nursing Officer at Oxford University Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust. She says, while we are unable to comment on individual patients, there is never an excuse for racism or any form of discrimination. Racism has no place in society or our hospitals, and we take complaints very seriously. Three drug dealers who sold crack cocaine and heroin across Medway have been jailed for a total of more than 10 years. Police raided properties 
in Chatham and Beckenham earlier this year and found a large amount of cash, drugs and mobile phones. The men who are aged between 21 and 40 were involved in a county lines gang network. It's feared a dog that was found injured near Sittingbourne may have been hit by a car or thrown out of a moving vehicle. The Cocker Spaniel was discovered in the street in Hartlip on Saturday. He's been named Beethoven and is being looked after by a boarding kennels who are raising money to pay for his treatment. Now, it only opened this morning, but there are already calls for the new cross rail to be extended into Kent. The Elizabeth line runs from Reading in Berkshire right through to Abbeywood in south-east London, but some council bosses here want it to go further. The leaders of Dartford and Gravesham have suggested it includes stops in the north of the county to serve growing communities like the one at Ebbsfleet. No decision has been made yet on whether it will happen. Lifeboat crews in Kent have rescued a man who'd been trying to swim to south end in his underwear. He was found perched on a yacht after jumping into the water at Gillingham Marina on Saturday afternoon. Crews also had to help three young men who'd travelled 50 miles in a hovercraft from Brentford Lock to the Isle of Grain on Sunday. Kent Online reports. A number of rare flowers have been stolen from a site in Folkestone. The late spider orchid only grows in a few places in Kent, but around 30 plants have gone missing. Ten burnt tip orchids were also taken from Lewis in East Sussex. There's going to be a 21-gun salute in Medway to mark the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. It'll be fired from Fort Amherst in Chatham on June the 4th and will coincide with a pageant happening on the nearby River Medway. Her Majesty has written to the trustees of the historic site, giving it her blessing. At Kent Online today, you can take a first look at the spectacular new art installation at Rochester Cathedral. Gaia is an illuminated sculpture of the earth designed to make us think about our impact on the planet. It. We've been along to see it. My name is Philip Hesketh and I'm the Dean of Rochester. Some of you might remember that we had the Museum of the Moon, which is by the same artist, by Luke Jerram, and um, this is Gaia. This is uh, planet Earth, and some of you might have seen it on the television because it was at Glasgow for the Global Summit. We've brought it here again to uh, fill the cathedral, draw people to the cathedral, into this space, and uh, hopefully have a conversation and uh, help people ask questions uh, reflect and just experience um, the, the wonder of what is an extraordinary planet that we all live on and actually is in jeopardy. The nave in particular is a public space uh, and we've had a number of different exhibitions here to draw people who wouldn't normally come to the cathedral or indeed might feel they can't come. Um, so that's, that's really important. Um, but while they're here, they may well be um, able to ask questions help them reflect on their place in the world uh, and for us obviously hopefully to encounter something of the spiritual dimension which we which believe is the unseen around us. Even just a few conversations I've had now um, that people have been uh, interested by the perspective um, and just suddenly looking at it like this and, and realizing just how small we are, well Britain anyway, uh, and how vast the, uh, the planet Earth is how much water, and of course we're concerned about the ice caps and melting and climate change. This is one of the great issues which is challenging all, the whole of humanity. The Church of England has made a statement that by 2030 um, all um, churches um, will be um, net zero. I mean that's that carbon zero and that, that's going to be a real challenge whether we can do it or not. It's a big challenge for uh, cathedrals because I think it's something like 2% um, of all the, the carbon across all uh, religious buildings, um, but 2% comes from cathedrals, and there's only 42 of them. 
So we have a real challenge um, to reduce our carbon footprint, which is what we want. We need to do. We need to do. It officially opens today and you can get tickets up until the 12th of June. The Medway Mile is moving from Rochester to Gillingham this year. The run was first held in 2007 as part of the build-up to the London Olympics, but has since continued. Organisers want to keep changing the location over the next few years to allow more people to join in. This year's race is going to have a jubilee theme and will take place on the 26th. 2nd of July. And if you've ever fancied running your own winemaking business, well, you might be in luck. One of the oldest vineyards in Kent is up for sale after the current owners decided to retire. Bonzol is based in Staple between Canterbury and Sandwich. The land could be yours if you've got a spare one and a half million pounds. Kent Online Sports. Dartford sprinter Adam Jamili has been visiting his former school to encourage children to get active. It's feared some youngsters have missed out on a fair bit of physical education during the pandemic. Well, now a new app called MyFizz has been developed to help encourage youngsters to take part in different fitness programmes. Adam's been catching up with our reporter Sean Delaney at Wentworth Primary. Yeah, they always give me such a warm reception when I come here and the kids are so energetic and so confident and, and they're just brilliant and it inspires me to sort of be around them and see all their energy and, and it makes me really want to, what I'm doing in, in my career, really give it the best I can because a lot of these kids tell me how they want to do what I do and, and go out in the world and not maybe not in track and field but in other sports and other aspects of life but if I can have a little part of their journey that means means a lot to me so I'm, I'm super excited to be back here. I have a very tight training schedule at the moment, obviously still at the very top height of competition and things in the future, I imagine there will come a time when you have to think about what you do next. Sportsmen aren't the most, you know, the longevity of sporting careers, unlike ours. You know, giving back to the community and doing that and things like locally here, whether it be going and visiting your own primary school, I know you're a former dart for people and very passionate about seeing it as well. And these are sort of things you'd like to get involved in the future in terms of helping out, perhaps coaching, mentoring, what sort of things you know, in the future? Absolutely. Well, I only live two minutes down the road, so every time I am home, I try and come to see the school or go to the local track and help help out coaching coaching the young athletes so it's something I'm truly passionate about and definitely hopefully I can see myself doing it life after sport which probably isn't going to be that many years away from now so uh, yeah the opportunity for me to, to come in today is, is, is an exciting one and, and especially with my fears and stuff it's uh, they made it they made it extra fun today. On to cricket now and Ollie Robinson has joined Durham on loan for this season's T20 Blast. The batter who scored almost 2,000 first class runs will be available for their opening game of the competition at Leicestershire on Thursday. He'll return to Kent for their county championship matches during the spell. In tennis, Kent's Emma Rajikanu has made it through to the second round of the French Open. The 19-year-old from Orpington is making her senior debut at the Grand Slam in Paris. She beat 17-year-old Czech player Linda Noskova in three sets last night and will face Alexandra Sasnovich from Belarus in her next game tomorrow. And in football, the Gillingham boss has confirmed he's looking for a new right-back after defender Robbie McKenzie turned down a new deal. The 23-year-old is leaving after two seasons at Priestfield. The Jills currently have just seven players under contract. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site, to do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.